You're listening to the voice of Howard Stern. Hello, you rotten little bloodsucker. This is Alice Cooper. Hey, this is Justin from NSYNC. This is Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, hey, baby. Hellers the king. Oh. Hi, this is Jack. Just back up from the border for a short visit. You know what I'm talking about, pal? Hi there and welcome to another edition of The Horse's Mouth. You're in The Horse's Mouth and my name is John Teague. So, whoever you are, wherever you are, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, um, you're in for a treat today. Um, none other than singer-songwriter and music producer Rebecca Bernard um, was so kind to give me some time of hers on Saturday afternoon. Um, and it was awesome. We hung out. We had pizza. We did the podcast. The dogs played. We had a yak. Uh, listen to to Harry do some drum practice. Shane um, gave me a hand with some some sound audio issues that I thought I might have been having. Uh, it just alleviated my mind of because um, I really want to get the sound right on this podcast. You know, it's been doing my noodle in a little bit trying to get things right. Anyway, thank you so much, Shane, for shedding some light there. Um, so. I'm not going to waffle on too much. If you don't know who uh, Rebecca is, you should look her up. But I'll tell you a little bit. She was the she's the she's Rebecca from Rebecca's Empire. Um, she had the hit song "Way of All Things." She's been a huge part in the Melbourne Australian music scene for as long as I can remember. Um, and uh, uh, and I'm fortunate enough to um, be able to say. That she's a good friend and a good, great family friend, and she's a great godmother to my goddaughter. <laughs> anyway, um, so I hope you enjoy my chat with Beck. Uh, now, while we're on the music thing, it's just um, come to my attention that we have lost a great Damien Lovelock past. Um, if you don't know who Damien Lovelock is, or you do, Celibate Rifles front man, and it's just, it's sad. I know that it all comes to an end for all of us, but it's nonetheless, it's always, it's sad. It's sad. And, and it's sad for me because Damien Lovelock and the Celebrate Rifles uh, played a huge part in me growing up. You know, I, I just, I love the Celebrate Rifles. Jack McCoy always put um, the mini surf films and they just were, the, you know, some of their songs resonated so heavily with me and still do. You know, they're just, they're quite timeless. Um, anyway, if you get a moment, give Damien a moment of your time, click on Blast Wonderful Life, such, there's so many, Electrovision Mandra, um, you could go on, but there's a lot of great songs and it's just, it's a sad, it's sad. So anyway, look, without going down on too much of a note, I want you to, uh, I hope you celebrate your life today. Um, because who knows how long we got, and if you're still tuned in, I hope you enjoy my chat with Beck. All right. You think this is, is interesting? Wow. Wait till you hear two hours of crap. A complete and total far for ramble. But it's a real Australian thing to want to have your your little plot of land. And what do you call the clothes horse? Clothesline. Yeah, the one in the back. What was the one that was... That Hills was, Hoist. Hills Hoist. Yeah. That was the dream. Yeah, that was the dream. The picket fence and the Hills Hoist. I love a Hills Hoist. I wish I still had one. Uh, there was one here when we moved in. Oh. And it went, do you have any of the fruit trees? No, we had a really great... Um, there was a nectarine tree and a peach tree yeah. where the studio is. And I'll never forget the first... Year we lived here, we we moved in in February, and that's when all the fruit was coming. And I I remember the very first morning, uh, I woke up and I walked outside and I picked a peach off the tree and ate it. And I just went, oh my god, what could be better <laughs> than walking out into your back garden and pick it, which was a little bit warm from the sun, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just thought, well, this is this is life. This is the life. It's the simple pleasures that are just grounding and just that's that's what I want. Nurturing. Yeah, nurturing and it's the I've, simplicity of like the warmth and it seems like, you know, 
I'm getting yeah. it. Yeah. Oh. And self-sufficiency. Yes, yes, that's you probably know? a word, yeah. Like there's a um, probably an ingrained thing in us from millions of years ago <laughs> that we we want to be able to go and pick our own peach. Yeah. Instead of paying the man. Yeah, fuck the man. <laughs> <laughs> that's been in a cold storage factory for six months or something. Oh, God, let's not go to there. No, not right now. Okay. My head goes there quite easily. And um. uh, I had I was, I was impending doom coming up the highway on something and I was like, you got to snap out of this before you get there. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, very hard not to. Oh, not to think about it. I mean, you have to think about it. You can't just have blinkers on. Well, as I was saying with the facial recognition thing uh. and then like I'm reading – all well at the moment. And Are you? Yeah. And, you know, like, oh, look, I don't want to – people are so smart. People are very, very smart. But it, it, I, I can easily say everyone's asleep at the wheel. Yeah. But that's such a cop-out because not everyone is asleep at the wheel. There's a lot of people doing a lot of great things, but for some reason I just seem to see the negative because the government seems to back the negative. Uh, that's mm. kind of broad. I know. Mm. No, no, no. I, I know what you mean. It's, it is really, there's a lot of negativity. I mean, there's a lot to be negative about. Let's face it, there is. So that's why we've got to search for... David Byrne from Talking Heads has got this fantastic blog, Reasons to be Cheerful. Really? Yeah. I and love Talking Heads. Yeah, I know. David Byrne. He's a... He's, a messiah. He just is incredible. Harry and I actually saw him in um, Italy last year. Uh, reasons to be Reasons grateful. to be cheerful. Reasons, okay. Yeah. So it's, it's focusing on something, you know, something that's great in the world, something great that's happening, um, whether it's by an individual or, a, you know, a government or, a, uh, you know. See, this is the stuff. This is good because, you know... I oh, know we've we've got to try. Well, it's look. I, I'm I'm sort of digressing a bit, but I did a gig last night for the Lions Club, which has been going for ever, and it was the night where they hand over all the f- money that they've raised through fundraising. They hand uh, a check to the 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 people who they think need the money. Yeah. Like um, St Vincent's Hospital were there, the CEO was there, this amazing woman called Moira Kelly who had those uh, Indian twins that were co-joined at the head about ten years ago and she got them out to Australia to have this operation which was successful and she's adopted them and now they live with her. People like that that are doing incredible things... Um, and so we were there last night and uh, watching these people get, you know, 150 grand for whatever their cause is. And I just walked out of there going, wow. You know, it was so positive. It was so fantastic. The only negative, you know, I could find a negative. Mm. The, the only negative was that most people in the Lions Club are older people. And I can't see a young guard coming through to keep something like that going. Right. I believe the Freemasons are having the same problem. (laughs) 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 That is so funny. Oh, God, what are they about? What the hell are they about? Look, I've been fascinated by them for a long time. And I do believe that they are about good. But it is, I don't know, you know, it's a secret society of mm. do-gooders. But then, but, but, they, but then I heard that Vladimir was high up in this and so is Obama. So then if Obama. you Obama? Right. So if you go, okay, well, Vlad's up there and Obama's up there and it works on a pyramid thing. No one knows, like, on ah. the levels. You don't know what the level above knows. 
So it's like this like um, oh. secret society that only as you go up, you're um, privileged to different information. And so if they're opposite each other in the world, Russia, America, world leaders, but they're part of the same secret organisation, maybe mm. on the same tier, who knows? Mm. Yeah. Um, and they do have a pyramid in there, like an actual image of a pyramid somewhere, yeah. don't they? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's definitely structured. Um, and look, I, for all intensive purposes, I do believe that they are trying to make the world, they do do, do good, but who knows? Yeah. But um, fascinating. Odd, so, you it? know, there's a Netflix doco on it now. Oh! And it's the like, and I believe this is why I know that they're struggling is because they, I think it's a recruiting tool because never have they uh. let anything out. And now why would they let... Because if their numbers weren't dwindling. Oh. Well, do you know... I don't know anyone who'd happily join the Freemasons. Yeah, I know someone who was <gasps> and then left. Really? Yeah. Like got, a young person? Got bought, well, I actually know another young person who joined. Um, yeah, and he flippantly just told me. I said he was wearing a firefighter. Jumper, right? He was wearing a firefighter jumper. And I went, are you part of the blah, blah, blah fire, fire department? And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I just joined. And I just joined the, the, the masonry brotherhood. I was like, what? What? Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, I don't think it's wow. shrouded in secrecy anymore because of the Netflix doc. Okay. And they, they want to recruit people. But anyway, um, someone that we both know's dad was in it but got bored and left okay and um and you know if they are in it to because they show up at your funeral and do a little uh mason thing and that's how you know if someone's in oh the brotherhood or whatever they want to wow yeah. yeah and they didn't show up to his funeral so <laughs> oh gosh we'll talk about that later yeah <laughs> wow it's it, yeah. I'm sure they. I don't know what good they do. I know there's a Freemasons hospital. That's kind of the only. The only thing I know of that, they do. Because they're secret. <sighs> yeah. Why? <laughs> I know. And they're little cases. Little cases. What's in the little cases? Um, well, it's it's full of um. Yeah, and the guy that I was talking about there with the firefighter one, he was young. And mm. he was like, oh, you'd love it as an actor because we have to learn all these passages and then say them out loud as part of rituals and oh. we have to learn all these texts. Really? And, yeah, and it goes all the way back to the Knights Table, I believe. The Knights of the Round Table. Bloody hell. So. Are they, are they predominantly Christian or something? Is this, does that think figure? Or Catholic or... Maybe it's spiritual. Okay. Which is odd, but you would say if it was Knights Templar-ish, it would be Christian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking of Game of Thrones now. I don't yeah, know yeah, why. Yeah, I mean, no, that's, that's fine. Bit... <laughs> well, it is kind of Games of Thrones. It's like yeah. my imagination runs wild with it. Big fucking swords and... Just big vats of red wine in oh, they, they're, they're big boozers. They love it. They're boozers? Yeah. That's Boys Club. Wow. I'm going to watch that doco. That's fascinating. How did we get onto Freemasons? Because you said the Lions Club. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good in the world. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, there is good in the world. Well, yeah. You know, for what dark is light, and I totally believe that. Yeah. So there's always the yin and yang. Hmm. Yeah. Like I, I yeah. and on my own personal journey, I was de definitely drawn to the dark for a long time, and then now I don't see it as much because I'm, I'm, I'm not abusing myself. You're an out of work actor. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the dark. <laughs> no, I know, but that's what I mean. Did, and I don't even know if you're an out of work. Well, I know you're an actor, but it's this is the thing: the dark fuels the creative kind of spirit in people. Generally, as 
a songwriter, a musician, and I, uh, millions of other, like, you know, uh, what the majority of songs that are ever written are about heartache, aren't they? Well, there's a saying, we learn all through love or pain. Learn we what? We learn all lessons through love or pain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like when someone dies, like when my mum died, bang, I... I've I've moved on to the next phase of my life now. I like I've grown up that that next step, which is really good in a lot of ways. It's very liberating, but it's shit house. It came through grief, you know, to just just move on, and it's it's like shedding a skin. I don't know how many skins we've got. I suppose it's different for everyone. Some people. Maybe a, don't have as much skin to shed as others. Do you others. think that you've been here before? Oh, God. <laughs> Chew on that. <laughs> yeah. Happy days, Saturday morning. <laughs> <laughs> I love John, thinking about that, though. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I, can't, for, I cannot answer. Let me say, for, for me... Mm-hmm. But there's certain things that I resonate with and that I feel like I might have been part of in another life. The Civil War, if I see stuff about the Civil War in America, I get all like weird. Really? Weird feelings. I can see you in a little cap. (laughs) (laughs) And the Vietnam War, that again. Really? I just really weirdly feel nostalgic around that and the Civil War and I don't know why. Gosh. That's interesting. But if I look at like the timeline, I was born in 76. The war was finishing up around 76. Mm. And um, I mean, I don't know. Like this is a guessing game. Mm. But maybe it's maybe look who bloody knows. And, you know, we'll never know really. Not in this life. No, but but not in the next life either. If there is a life. Oh, Okay. The little stopover. You know, I saw... Um, Bloody Nora. So, you know, you know Rudolf Steiner is? Yeah. So, I went to the Gotianum in Switzerland. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's in Switzerland. Yeah. And um, just outside of Basel. And the Gotianum is where... That was his legacy. That was that's his university. That's where he lived and died and built it. And it's like if you go there, it's like fucking where Batman lived. It's the most impressive piece of architecture I've ever seen. Yeah, amazing. And when I was there, I happened to be there at a period where they do this play. He was really big into the arts. Mm-hmm. Steiner loved the arts, mm. and his whole thing was built around a theatre. And when I was there, there was um, a p- production had just come to fruition that they do every four years and it's this and it goes for four days it's a play that goes for four days and it's like 10 hours a day and so it takes i think a year of rehearsal each time to put it on Mm. so they rehearse for a year and then they put it up and it only runs like however long i saw one of the days and i knew i was really showing a lot of resistance i didn't really want to see this play because i just was uh, I don't know, I knew it was going to be more than just a play. Mm. And the day that I saw, it was about the reincarnate life. And ah. so it followed the souls of these people between lives, different lives, ah. and then where they went in the middle, in between. And it blew Woo! my fucking brain. Like I literally had to leave the next day. My head was hurting so much. Anyway. But written by him? Yes. Right. So they're plays written by Steiner. Yes. Wow. I didn't even know he wrote plays. He published something like somewhere between 70 and 100 books on all different things. But, yeah, he wrote plays. Wow. What a guy. Yeah. And he was into um, ecology and... Oh, like what a brain! The stuff that he the taught environmental on bees stuff. He's yeah. now been taught at Harvard. Really? He's yeah. teaching on bees. However, a hundred years ago. Wow. I'll never forget someone that went to the first Steiner School in Australia, and it was out near Warrandyte, out sort of eastern suburbs, and. Um, 
we were friends with their really good family friends. Anyway, her homework, I'll never forget, was to go outside and look at the stars. Awesome. Yeah. And also he'd say first thing in the morning when you um, when you have go, – go out into the garden with bare feet so the dew on the grass penetrates through the sole of your feet, even if it's cold – and that'll get your metabolism and everything working for the day. So Steiner you know, would say that or your friend that went Steiner, to his school? Steiner. Steiner would... Awesome. That, he would... That's what they were taught to do. Yeah. You know, these really incredibly simple, probably really effective things to... Just little things in life that you can do to sort of stay connected to the earth and stuff. Yeah, well, I know one of his meditations is to go, to really look at a tree, mm. but to just stay with it and just <gasps> experience what happens over time if you just see. Stay I've in. done that all my life with trees without anyone telling me to do it. They have their own energy. Oh, oh my God! I've just read the book, the the Secret Life of Trees. They communicate with each other. They communicate, and if one's dying. The one next to it will send it some cellular energy to to try and help it survive. How they, they, you share, know. they share nutrients. <sighs> and, yeah. God. So Amazing. And, and that's so weird because <clears throat> I was thinking um, of a random piece of information that someone gave me a while ago. But if you take a dead tree mm. and you cut that tree down and turn it into posts, right? Yeah. And so you make a post for your front gate mm. of the tree that died just around here. Mm. Those posts will never rot. But if you take a tree from 100 k's away and then put it here, you know, within oh. 15 years the tree will have rotted. Really? The, the base of it will eat it. Yeah, the soil. So there's something to do with the soil and supporting its own. So like it's an indigenous thing to the, the area? Yeah. Wow. See, there's so much. There's so much... <laughs> but the, the connectivity. Is, yeah, but so many people are not interested in it. I mean, this. How did this start? This started with you talking about reincarnation and stuff. Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. There's another amazing book. I ha- I've I've got it, but I haven't started reading it yet. It's it's about atoms. You know, I mean, the fact that we are made up of atoms and actual stardust. That's that's like. Pinch yourself. That's what we are. I mean, how... It's too hard to comprehend. No, yeah, because it's actually not a sub... We're not actually a thing. We're an energy that's yeah, joined together. Yeah, And so there's a theory that certain atoms search out other atoms, which is attraction and... Well, attraction, basically. I suppose that what, that's so what like life's life about. Coming, yeah, and the they, they search... Certain atoms search for other atoms that they're compatible with. In everything or in... No, in humans. in humans. Well, and maybe animals. I don't know. But, yeah, there's a book. There's a famous book and, of course, I can't think of it. But... Um, this sounds like a good book. Yeah. Written by a German, again. Mm. Um, but... You know, like discussing all this is um, – it's fascinating because it, it <laughs> it's so mysterious. But the majority of people, if you walked down to Coles again mm-hmm. and started talking about this, it'd be like, look, I've got to get the fucking kids to <laughs> basketball and, you know – well, that's the shame of the modern societies. We're so wrapped up in getting the kids to basketball and mm. keeping the wolf from the door because everything's elevated in price. But there's no time. Well, there isn't. Sorry, that's wrong. There is time. No, but, there's not a lot of time. But, well, depending on how you structure your life. Mm. And if you're struggling to pay the mortgage and, you know, in today's then there's not time. No. But you're struggling to pay the mortgage because we are a consumer society and the media is the root of all evil, in my opinion. We are just sitting ducks for this 
barrage of you need this, um, you you know you have to skincare, um, cars, ovens, you yeah, know, name yeah. it. It has to it has to all be. You get sucked into it, and you get sucked into it because your soul is sort of dying for some sort of nourishment to, you know, you need to get onto a path of self-awareness and spirituality to a degree so that that stuff, you you know, you build a wall, it doesn't affect you because it's so, I mean, you're going to be dead one day. Who cares if you have a fucking smeg oven or a, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all, I mean, we know this. We know all this. And it's been like this probably forever you know but it just the, this whole plastic thing but it's no, never has there been a point in time that we're aware of where it's been so heightened well true yeah i don't think because we've always you know like if you go back to knight's table <laughs> yeah um like those guys might have been attracted to the shiny stuff yeah but they were living in harmony or relatively with animals eating more holistically you would think there wasn't a fast food joint on the corner mm, no. and there wasn't Vogue magazine sitting on the round table. Or sugar. Or that we know of. Or sugar. Mm. Um, so it's heightened. Everything feels heightened right now is what I suppose I'm Yeah, because we've stuffed everything up so badly and now we're going, oh, shit. There are books that were written. Look, Steiner, there are books written in the early 1900s about um, – birds becoming extinct and you know we've but we've got to do something we've got to do something but no nah, we're a very strange human beings are oh, well it's, so in, it's, it's strange. Weird inherently what's in us now i'm going to try this one back because like you're you live a musical life have you felt like that's always been in you from the start or is this some, yeah 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 it has. So isn't, I think that's really interesting because like inherently like we've all got different attributes or aspects that just didn't seem to be in us. And for you, music's well, always been there and you probably had to work, work and work. Like everything's, you've got to, it's not just your, <coughs> you know, it's a journey. Yeah. But there was an, uh, something in... Yeah, something in me that well, Dad was a musician. I, w- I was exposed to music as of at a really young age. But I reckon everything's genetic. So your really. your dad was um, a musician. What's yeah. what's what's Len yeah. Len Bernard? He was a drummer, and um, and his parents were musicians. His grandmother, Kath Bernard, had the first female. Uh, jazz orchestra in melbourne first female jazz orchestra in melbourne yeah that's awesome i know yeah it was amazing and dad started playing with her with the family band when he was about 12 because the drummer got sick and um he had to sit in and that he just played forevermore the dog's eating something has get the Louis eating a stick or something, and we're recording. <laughs> it's okay. You'll <laughs> be fine. Her name's Billy. We'll, we'll and get, there's we'll a get Billy across the road. Oh, Billy's everywhere. And Girls. Yeah. Oh, great. Is she I E? Yeah. Yeah. There's one across the road. One here. Our friend's golden retriever, and is Billy. Amazing. And they're always nice. Yeah, Billy's... What are you doing, little man? You're too cute. You're very sweet. Are you very sweet? He looks like he should have a (laughs) moustache. All right. Sorry for all that. It's fine. It's like a little halfway mark. Yeah. Probably needed it. It's getting pretty heavy there. Sorry. No, it's all right. I keep thinking of the reincarnation thing. I, look, who bloody knows, John? No, but I, I love to think about it. 
And yeah. I don't mean it, I don't want to bring it down. Like it's not like I'm not looking mm. for any answers, but I'd, I'd no, just no. love to see what people think about you know yeah. possibilities of realms of an infinite universe. Yeah. Um, anyway, so your dad was very fortunate to get a seat in. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he he came from a really musical family, and that oh, that's what I was saying. I think every you know so much is genetic. Cellular, like we were talking about atoms and everything, you know. If you, if you, I mean, look at my son, he's been obsessed with music since he was born. Um, no, and you see it all the way down nature or nurture, yeah. Footballers, surfers, like older generation with their young kids, quite often mm. have had big success, quite mm. often go on to emulate the same, mm. yeah. But I think, like, for me. Like I, th- I know that I'm not, I'm not musical. You know, like I, I did two years of training, and I'm not. <laughs> I try. Really? Yeah, yeah. Tra- what do you mean training? Well, when I was in at school in New York. Yeah. So we had to do, vo- uh, singing lessons. Oh. Yeah, there was singing, dance. You know, it was oh, a you whole, had to right the whole yeah. gamut. Yeah. And after two years. Of really going for it, I, I was still just like, get up the back. You know? Were you really, or are you just being hard on yourself? No, I mean, like, I, 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 I've lost the terminology, but I definitely, you know, I know, I knew within myself that this is not a strong point for me. Okay. And rhythmically as well, like I try, like I wrestle with the guitar. It's not, it's like a forced thing. Mm. But um, so I think, like, sh- yeah, you can slave away at something. Mm. But it's either sort of in you or not. Mm. And then you can hone that what's in you or not. Yeah. And if it's in you, you think that it's come from, it's genetic. Mm. But then, you know, having said that, really good friends of mine, John and Barney McCall, they're incredibly musical and (coughs) their parents were not musical at all. Oh, they sort of were in a... Just a fun kind of. They didn't play instruments. They or listened anything, to records. Yeah, but not a lot. They had seven kids. They just usually were, you know, inundated with children. But so there you go. And 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 they attribute John and Barney always attribute their musicality to my father because we grew up or grew up together, and Dad introduced them to jazz. So. Yeah. Do you have a real soft spot for jazz? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's my. That's the one that. That's the 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 genre <clears throat> that to me is like riding a bike, like it really is. It's so. That's not a great analogy, but um, it's just just comes naturally to me. The whole feel of it. The. The lyric, the all those beautiful old standards from the forties, and that I just resonate. They resonate with me, and you know, again, that's what I was sort of brought up with listening to. So that that's probably something to do with it. So is it true? Like with jazz, it's like you've got to be a really good listener. It's more of a like you're sort of playing off each other, and and it's like a give and take relationship as opposed to here's what we're doing or yeah 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 depends what sort of jazz i suppose but yeah yeah there's a there's a lot of soloing so it's usually the the format is the the singer sings the sings at once through then the solos go for about 12 hours while the singer stands there on stage (laughs) waiting so they can sing again and often when they come back and sing again, the horn players play underneath them really loudly and so it's a, a lot of it is to do with sensitivity and, yeah, you're right, listening. And, um, but, you know, you, you, can do it, you can do it any way you like really but the, the thing that got me as a little kid and I'll never forget it, I had this epiphany... This was traditional jazz, you know, like Dixieland, sort of New Orleans-y, really um, uplifting. <clears throat> and I noticed, I don't know how old I was, maybe about eight, I, I 
got into the zone and I could hear the clarinet, like there was a clarinet, a trumpet and a saxophone all playing at the same time, but all playing different melodies underneath and on top of each other. And it worked. And I remember my tiny little mind sort of going, oh my God, that's incredible. That's, that's, you can do that. You can do that in music. Everyone can be doing their own thing, but it's all sort of gelling together. Yeah, that was that was an amazing moment. It was the clarinet that really stood out for me, and that's what a good jazz band is, I reckon. That the so how old were you? Do you think when you had that? I think I was about eight. Wow, that's quite an epiphany. You mm. know, and you were already you were playing music we no i wasn't no no No. god no no i wasn't playing music oh i was mucking around on the piano because we always had instruments around the house but um no it was just that you know i i just heard what was going on it just got me and it was the same as our singing um at primary school singing kookaburra sits in the old gum tree in a round and how you know half the group could start singing it and then the, the other next half the other half would, oh. would start singing it after kookaburra yeah. sits in the old yeah, gum tree yeah, yeah. and then the next group would come in kookaburra sits in the old yeah. gum tree and this round and melodically it all worked and it blew my mind I and forgot i forgot about that oh i just fell in love with that kind of the Echo fact you could do it, yeah, and 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 you'd all end up like that. That group would end, and that you still had another. You still had another line to sing after yeah, they yeah. finished, and then this went, and so it was just like this circular. And thing. then it would be the quiet of the last one. Yeah. yeah. It still blows my mind that that can happen. I had forgotten. We used to do that. I had <laughs> forgotten about it. That is awesome. You can do it with row, row, row your boat <laughs> as well. <laughs> Gently down the stream. <laughs> um, so, you know, you have these little epiphanies that um, excite you, I suppose, to want to, you know, be part of it or do it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same with... Guitar and piano, you know, you can play a chord here but then play a note on top of it that isn't in the chord but it works beautifully, like the voicing of chords and stuff is... And, you know, I've been so lazy. I I could be a really great musician if I'd applied myself to the technicality of it, you know, the actual academic learning. I did it all by ear. But isn't that funny, like how you talk to yourself and then how you're probably perceived and how I would perceive you? Well, I, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I'm assuming you think that I'm a good musician. <laughs> good, yes. <laughs> but I, no, I am. You know, I'm a good singer and I'm, I'm, I've got a good ear. I've got a good ear, but I'm not technically... You know, I'd love to be able to sit at the piano and play Bach or Beethoven or something. But I didn't learn at a young age and I'm too old to start learning that now. It's very mathematical. But you've lived and breathed it your whole life. Yeah. And yet, you know, there's aspects that you... Well, I suppose that's just a human condition is to look at where we're missing. But Yeah, like what you could have done. Hindsight. <laughs> That old chestnut. Yeah, uh, no, you go easy. I think you've you had an amazing career, and I think you're an amazing artist. So, um, but yeah, I see that you're nitpicking on what your own. Well, it's because I'm getting older. Mm. You know, as you get older, you look at everything you haven't done, rather than everything you have done. You think, and you think. My God, I might only have twenty years left, and that, I'm seriously being realistic. I mean, that is the actual truth. I'll, in twenty years, I'll be nearly eighty, so I'm not going to start learning piano then. Some people do. Some people are amazing, but 
No, but it's, it's crazy. Like this week, just coincidentally, I met two people who didn't have very long left and they were just quite outright in telling me that. Oh, really? And old uh, people? Not that old. And um, What, sick? Yeah. Oh, gosh. And, you know, it's just been a re- quite reflective. Like how long do any of us have? And like it was just a real kick in the pants. Like, dude, stop fucking wallowing in the sweating the small stuff. I you know, so know. lucky to have so much. But um, so sorry, I'm getting back to the. No, but it's true. I mean, we don't know. We we assume we'll we'll you know get to old age, whatever that is. Um, but we don't know. Could have a stroke sitting here talking to you now. Don't. <laughs> I'll try not to. <laughs> but it's yeah, true, yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's like we were talking about before that you know that. Terrible tragedies and things in life are what make you grow and make you more aware of how how short it all is. And you've got to... That's why I think meditation, you know, I don't meditate. I did for a while and that was the best thing I ever did. I've got to start again. It's hard when you're off swing to get Mm. back to the mat. I've been through great periods. Get back to the mat. (laughs) I... And uh, like I fight it now, it's like I, sh- I know I should, but it's like, oh, fuck, really? I know. Why do we put things off that we know we're going to really seriously benefit from? See, there's, that's the other thing Netflix. about humans. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. It's true easy. crime podcast. True crime podcast. Yeah. Um, so answer me this. Was the Escalators your first band? Uh, no, the very first band I had was called the Limehouse Trio and it was a little jazz band with a guitar player, Peter Baylor, and a clarinet player, Matthew Mason, who was quite a eccentric guy, very eccentric. I'd love to know where he is now. Um, but yeah, no, the Escalators was the first kind of poppy band that I was part of. You know, I had that tape in primary school. The Escalators? Yeah. And I used to play it to my friends on the tape deck. (laughs) you serious? Yep. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. That's hilarious. Oh, my God. I can barely listen to it now. Oh, I sort of can. It wasn't my band. It was a band that was already together that I joined as the female singer. You know, I was... 23 or something. What's the guy's name from um, Anglesey? Is it Red Moon? Red um, is the band and it's him and his wife. It's like uh, something Moon. Not not um, Jeff Raglas. I bet that's, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Jeff. And it's called Victoria. Victoriana Gay. That is, and the album is something Moon. Oh, yeah, moon. yeah, 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 yeah. He was in the Escalators. Yes, okay, yeah. there you go, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he, oh, they've got the surf coast wrapped up, those two. They write great songs. Yeah. I've got yeah. a couple of their albums. It's Have you? Cool. Yeah, that They're one. They're good, is aren't they? Um, 20 Foot Lady or... 60 Foot Lady. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Won't you turn and save me? Yeah, she's, she, they're both quite, um, for want of a better word, quirky. And he's an artist as well, you know. He he was an artist for Mambo for years. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, he'd be good for you to chat to. Yeah, yeah. That's a good. That's and he good. surfs. And he surfs. And his son Casper is a surfer dash artist dash musician now. A slasher. Casper so is a slasher. Oh, he's a slasher. <laughs> slash. Yeah, <laughs> slash. Oh, a slasher. That's to me sounds like a... Yeah, a killer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's because you're on the uh, crime podcast. Oh, I know. I'm obsessed. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I don't know what it is. It's escapism. That's what it is. Everything is to some degree. Like in the morning, some you know, I put music on mm. that I'll know will switch my mood. Mm. That's got to be a form of escapism, to, is it? Or... Don't know. Maybe it's not. Maybe escape this mood. <laughs> but maybe it's more like you just know that you like it, and you it's pleasurable it to hear something yeah. that you like. And 
Yeah. It's look, it's not easy being a human being, John. No. No. <laughs> it really I, isn't. But then again, aren't we lucky? Aren't we lucky that we're even here? Well, I I think about this a bit and I think, you know, cuz a creative life and you go, oh, you know, I haven't succeeded in this area or I want to be more creative in that area or I want to go and just surf, whatever it is. And then you go and you look at how lucky we are even to have that choice. And I'm not yeah. saying because we're, you know, we're in a Western society that supports such a life. But if you were born in East Germany in, you know, what, 40 years ago, you would have been fucked. Mm. Or if you're in Africa oh, now. now, if you're in like Sudan, Syria, any anywhere, anywhere outside Australia, you name it. So, and then you go, well, fuck, is it worth pursuing <laughs> a creative career or am I just being a self-indulgent fuck and should I be like, you know, like, I don't know, doing more for others or, you know, and or there's a balance, obviously. I'm not looking for well, an answer. That, but no, but that's the thing. If, you, if you're doing something creative, you are doing something for others. You, you are giving back to a degree. You are. If people like what you're doing. I, I've, had in, I've had the most amazing feedback at times, you know, this song got me through a really terrible time or I proposed to my wife listening to this song or, you know, I, I hear your old stuff and it just takes me back to a really happy time in my life. You know, it's really, it, it's, it's incredible to hear stories like that. And the other thing is, I don't think you have a choice a lot of the time. I don't think you're being a self-indulgent wanker or whatever. You don't have a choice. If you've got that drive and that creative thing you and you deny it, you get depressed. So that's, that's the form of expression that you choose to do and that, you, that nurtures you. I know when, I, when Harry was about four or five and it just all got it was just getting so hard to have a you know tour and do gigs late at night and stuff like that and so I sort of stopped for about 18 months and god I just felt I just didn't feel validated you know that doing what I do validates me as a person and not doing it is denying a really integral part of myself there are a lot of self-indulgent wank, wanker artists out there, but um, do you think that I would assume that you would be quite a role model to a lot of young, uh, younger female girls coming up through the music? Yeah, I used to be, but I think now that generation um, is has the really younger generation of. Um, female musicians now wouldn't even know who I was. You know, there's so many female singer-songwriters out there now, young girls that all sound sort of the same. I know I sound like it's sour grapes, but the, I don't like the trend of um, the... A lot of the stuff I hear now is really contrived and everyone sounds the same. That sounds like an old person no, saying that. No, 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 I get it. It's it's like it's odd if you look at – I find this odd too when you look at style, right, and you go – people are very judgy if you're not dressed in a certain clique. So say you're a hipster from Williamsburg, right, And but they all look the <laughs> fucking same. Right? Yeah. The skinny jeans, the beard. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. And if you don't fit that mould, you're not part of the club. Yeah. But like – how unoriginal to all look the fuck and say to be part of the same club. And that's you can say that with what you're saying now. We're all trying well, – that these people are trying to sound the same to fit a certain to, – to sell to a certain demographic. Yeah. And it's a fitting in. And why, why as humans do we want the same? It's, 
is there comfort in knowing like when I look at you or I look at, you know, we're looking at reflections of ourselves and do we energetically agree with that reflection, <laughs> you know, or say, mm. I don't fucking know, but it's odd. I, it is an odd Well, thing. again, the media. Well, yeah, okay. You know, yeah. they're saying this is what's cool. It's like the tattoo revolution, yeah. okay? Yeah. It's out of control. It is absolutely out of control. It used to be if you had a tat, it'd be like, wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially a woman. Wow, she's got a tat. That's amazing. Now, every freaking chooker in the world, I know, I sound like a snob, but every, it's Kath and Kim land. Everyone's got a bloody G-string poking up over their muffin top Mm. and and a tat. Look, even the footy players now. I mean, th- this is a f- this is a fashion that's. It used to be you had a tattoo to be unique, mm-hmm. but now you just look. If you don't have a tat, if you see a young person tattooless, they are unique. Well, it's the one thing that stopped me from getting a tat is that they, this swing. Because I love them. I think they're great and they look fantastic on some people. Yeah. And then on others you go, oof, don't know what you're thinking there. Um, but now I, it's like, I don't know. I, I do appreciate them though. But, yeah, it's common to have – you're in the norm not to. You're in the uh, – no, I got that mixed up. But yeah. You know what I, mean? I think they're addictive. Well, that people know, say they are addictive. Even one, the yeah. pain, yeah, right. you know that yeah. little needle. It's like, it's addictive. I don't need that. I've no. covered it in no time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't be because I don't like pain. Um, Can't be that painful. Oh no, it probably is. No, I think depending on where you get them, like if you, there's certain areas, yeah, that that's painful. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, I think probably face is pretty painful. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Even a face that a neck tattoo now is kind of passe, right? It's like yeah, a neck tattoo used to be the most badass fucking thing you could ever. Yeah. Like, and now it's just. No, it's. Well, it's. Well, I'm trying to think of a polite word to say instead of bogan. Um. It's like the it's like the Kardashian. Sorry, if you had a word, I'd just cut you off. No, but fine. it's like the whole Kardashian um, craze, you know, the and the false eyelashes and this eyebrow business that all these young girls are doing now. They look absurd. There used to be a time you'd put on false eyelashes if you were going out somewhere special and it was special and fun. Now they just wear them permanently and they all look like Groucho Marx with these thick eyebrows and false eyelashes, pumped up lips. I think Western civilization is really going to implode. It's cheapening. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like we so short sighted from the got to have a new car, got to have a new everything. Mm. But the new everything is poorly made mm. because it's in such big demand. Mm. Uh, anyway, fuck. Um, I know. Look, we. You you and all right. Let's change. Co- cooking. <laughs> that look. That was seriously. I don't know how I ever got. ...that reputation that I was a good cook. Because I, I used to do the thing on Triple J. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Well, I was, was going to tie it in. Rock. Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, so that was like 90... ...between 95 and 2000. That's when I was really on fire. You know, everyone wanted to... ...a bit of me to do whatever. God. How times change. Um, and I think I was Come doing on, I've been trying to get you in here for a while and you've been pretty busy. No, I am. I am really busy. I'm not complaining. I'm, I'm really not complaining. But um, 
you know, those days it was it was different. There were, you know, we didn't even have mobiles. Yeah, yeah. We were just great. starting to get mobiles and computers. So it was another world. It really was another world. And I think I was doing an interview with Judith, Lucy and Helen Razor on their afternoon show on Triple J and typically I was deflecting having to talk about the music. You don't, you know, like, oh, so what's that song about or what inspires you or no, 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 no. It's, you just, uh, you'd rather talk about what you're reading or and just listen to the music and, you, you know, it. make what you yeah. want you, of it. Um, and I, so I think I said, oh, my God, I cooked the most delicious, no, 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 no. I think it was a lemon delicious pudding actually. And then I said, I think, I think I said, if you ever want to impress a bloke, make him lemon delicious pudding. And they just loved that. They just thought that was right. This has opened up a whole thing. So every week they were in Sydney. I was here in Melbourne. They would ring up at four o'clock, I think, every Tuesday afternoon and I'd have to give a recipe. And it just took off. It was bizarre. I even got offered a publishing deal to do a cookbook. And? I didn't do it. Why not? Because I'm a dickhead. I don't know. I, I think they wanted to make it sort of, um, you know, soft cover and kind of fun and, you know, have me on the cover in a tiara. And I was a fo- – well, I think it's because I had a young baby uh. and I was just overwhelmed with everything and I thought – Look, I'm a musician. I'm not a cookbook. You know. We're all slashers these days. These days? Yeah. If someone rang me now, I'd be freaking printing out those recipes <laughs> too sweet. Don't you worry. <laughs> but in those days, I was, you know, I was riding this incredible wave and probably took it for granted a bit. I was young, you know. I'd love to do a cookbook now. Well, why can't you? Well, I wouldn't love to really. I can't. Well, I could, I suppose, to join the masses and billions. Do you use cookbooks anymore? Do you know what I do? I, I look up lemons. What can I make with lemons? Google it. Do you have a lemon tree? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Awesome. Um, I don't know why I chose lemons, but, you, you know, you Google it. Even books are becoming – anyway. I love so having them around though. Oh, I love – And I have them but I never go to them. You're right. But I do go to them actually. They're good presents. Great presents. Um, as long as they've got photos. Yeah, got to have pictures. I hate recipe books without photos. I want to know what I'm cooking. Yeah. Um, well, that's what entices you to cook it yeah, in the first is, place. Right. Hardcore recipe books don't have many photos. Anyway. I'm so boring in what I eat these days as well. Just, Are you? Yeah. Like, yep. like what? Um, well, you live alone? Yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, and I just – I've yeah. tried to cut out a lot of – like I used to eat a lot of pasta and that sort of stuff. Delicious stuff. The good stuff. Yeah, I've, carbs. I've had to cut out the carbs a lot and mm. so I'm just eating, you know, a lot of veggies and meat and it's really – it's just like I make nice salad dressings. Mm. But that's about it. Hello. Give me a nice salad dressing. I'll eat salad every day, happily. (laughs) Good, right? Yeah. I'm intrigued. What do you make? Oh, really? Mm. Um, Well, there's there's two. And but well, one's olive oil, apple cider vinegar, salt and pepper, lemon juice, a little bit of mustard. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. and then you can vary, put variations of anything you want into that. Really. So that's the classic that's cl- French dressing yeah. sort of base. So do that. Yeah. That's pretty much most of the time. Or I'll do the sour cream yogurt. Oh. So two tablespoons of sour cream and two mm. tablespoons of yogurt, salt and pepper, lemon juice, and some little bit of chives if you want. <gasps> and you, yeah, fuck, and that's awesome. That one, but it's pretty rich. Yeah, but it's really you good. You know. Yum. And then I, so I usually do that and I blanch some broccoli and zucchini and then I use like uh, cucumber, capsicum, 
fry some mushroom, maybe some halloumi. Um. <laughs> Yum. You should do a cookbook. <laughs> no, but that's a that, that's a staple. Like, yeah. But you, that's good. That's healthy and yeah, yeah, tasty. Yeah, well, I, I feel good for eating like that, I suppose. But like, you know, every now and again I have a meltdown and I go and buy a sausage roll and a vanilla, a vanilla slice. That's all right. Good. Moderation. Yeah. I love a vanilla slice. Oh, my God. Yeah, a good one. A, a good vanilla slice, a good sausage roll. Yeah. But I'll happily go a bad one if I'm in the mood. It doesn't matter. I just need that. Bit. Yeah, like yeah. even a 4 and 20 from the 7-Eleven. Yeah. yeah, I hear you. There's a there was apparently a sausage roll competition in Lawn a couple of about a month ago. And our mate Anson was one Anson of the judges. Cameron. Yeah. Really? Yeah. He was one of the judges. Wow, that's a dream job. I know. <laughs> I know. You know when you go to a party and they've got a plate of little homemade sausage rolls with homemade pastry. Oh, oh, I wish I'd made some for you now. It is lunchtime. Um, so, <laughs> all right, coming full circle. Now, you, you got really busy there um, when you said, I took time off because you have been a mum. Mm. But now I know that you've just, you told me the other day that you've just been on the, doing a tour with Harry. Yeah. So you've come full circle. I know. Um, Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. It's so amazing. I pinch myself. I do. I, I sit there and look at him playing the drums and I just go, wow, this is really special. It, it, never, it never fails to hit me in the heart how lucky. And I played with my dad too and that was always really special. That was great. With playing with Harry, that's extra special because he, when he was in utero, he had a stroke. And for a long, long time, we weren't sure if he would even be able to walk. Yeah. And it's mainly his left side. So, and his left side's very weak, but he, this is just, goes to show if you're passionate about something it, you don't have a choice it's he's so driven to play drums and it's been so because it's real right brain left brain stuff and it has just been the best thing like he he's got his own unique way of playing and holding the stick in his left hand he's a really good drummer I'm not just biased he actually is a really great drummer he's a sensitive beautiful feel and <clears throat> really committed he practices all the time unlike his mother <laughs> but very like his father you know how we were talking about that sort of yeah i could have been a great piano player or guitar player if i'd committed more but you know there's so many nice things in life to do other than sit and play a c chord for four hours cool but he um yeah, it has. It has. It's come full circle. It's amazing. It's amazing. Mm. Um, well, we're at a, an hour and seven. Oh my god! And um, I think it's nice to end on a high note, and that is quite a high note. That is a high note. Because that's that's you and I need high. We need to focus on the high <laughs> notes, don't we? Oh, high C. <laughs> Beck, thank you so much. Oh, John, we could go on for hours. Yeah, I could wrap it on. I've got a few yeah. topics. I didn't even look at my thing, my question thing. I'm going to leave it go. all alone because okay. it's always a good sign if I don't look at that. Yeah, excellent. Thank Ciao. you. Beck. Pleasure. All right, there you have it. There was my chat with the one and only Rebecca Bernard. I hope you enjoyed that um, as much as I enjoyed going over and hanging out, having a yak, eating pizza, talking smack, got a few new things to watch on Netflix, and um, and I'm holding you to the movie night, Beck. We're all going to go. We're going to see the new Tarantino. Okay, good. Um, now... If you're out there, I don't, I don't, I don't really know what to say, but like you know, like I, I need to pull myself out of my own ass sometimes because 
like, fuck, man, I get so wrapped up in my own shit and I lose the context of what's going on because I get overwhelmed, you know, and I get overwhelmed when I'm being, I get lack of time and blah, 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 blah. And, and when I'm overwhelmed, I don't always act accordingly. And if you're feeling like that right now, uh, think of Damien Lovelock, think of the celibate rifles and, uh, and just remember this, it's a wonderful life. When surfing every weekend, natural yoga with my muesli. We go for sushi Wednesdays and Sundays. A beer for you, a wine cooler for me. I gee, I love my home computer. Got solar heating in my sauna and spa. Such a wonderful... Damien Lovelock, 